By the way, could the government stop genetically modifying everything? Gosh, first it's fruit, <laughs> then it's wasps. When will when it will end? It end? <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome. Welcome back. Do that pretentious book club. That's because sometimes you sing it like that. Oh, do I? Yeah, like twice you sing it to that pretentious book that's club. That's cute. And it's so cute. I, I, know. I thought you just made that you up, are. and I was like, cute. That's cute, Ash. No, I'm mimicking you because you were cute. To that pretentious Anyways, book the, club. Oh, I like it. So the cutie pie over there, that's uh, your host, Kendall Shaw, a.k.a. Dr. Spoons Palermo. Hi, howdy. <laughs> and over there... <laughs> is the one and only the icon the legend the master <laughs> the artist ash o'rourke but you can call her wheezy let me tell you it ain't easy being wheezy that's especially genuine this week because if you are watching this on youtube if i decide to put this on youtube we are recording remotely which is not the usual for us we usually get to be in person but i went and got myself sick with the rona so got the rona. i am at home i got the rona again and so it's funny because I say I went and got it. I work from home and I don't see anyone. So I'm like, how the hell? But I'm finally feeling much better. So that's good. That's great. Actually didn't wheeze at all. So that's good. But if I my voice sounds like kind of disgusting to you, that's why. It's because this is, I didn't even think I had COVID originally because I felt like I had strep. Like my had a really bad sore throat and congestion. And it still feels like that. I mean, except my throat's not as painful. So if you're like, why does Ash sound like the worst in this episode? That is why. You really don't even sound that sick. I'm so glad. If you listen to the Scripturian Society's last episode, the podcast I co-host with Carissa Harlow, you'll definitely notice it's bad. <laughs> it's so <laughs> gravelly and nasal. And she was like, no, no, it's good. It's like throaty, but like in a good way. And I was like, throaty in a good way. Like sexy and like hoarse, you know, but. Can someone get me my inhaler? Ooh, sexy. <laughs> wow. No, wait, you got to stop that. I'm, I'm getting too hot and heavy over here. <laughs> Boons, show the listeners who are going to maybe watch this on YouTube what you're drinking your alcohol out of. Not your tea Okay, cup. That one's cute This too, is my... But... Sorry. Juicebox is like right in front of the computer here. So you can't see her, but she Juicy, is... Juicy, my little niece. Hello, my darling. Blocking my view. So here is my teacup. And here is my lovely Christmas gift from Ash. It says, trust me, I'm almost a doctor. Which is true, because I am Dr. Scoot <laughs> Palermo, so. I'm so happy. It makes me happy to see you drink out of it. You sent me a picture of it last night, and I was just like, ah, uh, good job, Ash. <laughs> yeah, you did a great job. <laughs> so pleased with myself. Anyways, how's how's your week been? Um, It's been fine. I... That didn't sound very convincing. It's been okay. Um... <laughs> No, it's fine. I just at once I am having two jobs right now. And one of I'm having, I'm two, having jobs two jobs. Right that was weird the way I said that. <laughs> and one of them is like I've been there over a year. It's very familiar to me. I know everything. The other one I've been at for three weeks. So everything uh-huh. is confusing and new. And I feel like I have a lot to do and I'm just kind of like freaking out. But oh no. It is okay. It was a much better week because I got to read this lovely book. So that was fun. Yes. 
I feel the same way. I was obviously sick for most of this week. Um, I mean, I was sick for all of this week, but I just didn't know I was sick with the Rona until like Wednesday. And it was so nice to get to read this book because unlike, I know you enjoy classics. I have a really hard time. It's probably like every like one in three or four classics that I truly enjoy. Uh-huh. Like the other ones, I'm like, uh, I have to make myself read it and like appreciate the art of literature. You're like, I guess I'll say something positive so Kendall doesn't get sad. I don't know. <laughs> They're good, but they're not good in the way that, like, that a contemporary book is good. Like, like fancy food at fancy restaurants is really good. But sometimes you're like, I just really want a burger. Like, I just want a fast food burger. And that's all that I want. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Scott, what do we usually talk about on this podcast? I don't even thing, know. Now I'm podcast? like, what do I say? To paint, the, to paint the readers, our listeners, a word picture, I am podcasting from bed. I can't remember if I said that on the podcast or before we started recording, but... It feels very luxurious, but it doesn't look very luxurious. (laughs) I actually couldn't tell at first. I was like, oh, she's sitting in a chair by a wall. But you're not. You're in bed. Nope. As you should be. Because I haven't left my bed. Actually, I did the dumb thing and I I woke up finally feeling better. So the sore throat basically was prohibiting me from sleeping for more than 10 minutes because I would pop a a cough drop in my mouth. And it lasts for about 10 minutes, so I could sleep for about 10 minutes at a time and just hope I wouldn't choke on the cough drop, which didn't happen. So basically for the last two nights before last night, the only way I could sleep was like cough drop, 10 minutes of sleep, and then wake up coughing because my throat's no. dry and gross. Yeah, and so I, would, I just kept thinking, if I could just sleep, I think I would feel better. And then I did miraculously actually get some sleep last night, starting from like 2 in the morning to like 9 a.m., and then... I woke up feeling like 80% better. It's amazing. Amazing. So great. But so then I was like, I'm feeling so much better. You know what? I should do all of the things I haven't done this week because I'm feeling 80% better. <laughs> so I like, I washed the sheets and I'm, I'm using queen size sheets that don't fit our bed right now because I don't want to put the clean sheets back on the bed because I'm still germy. And then I did the dishes and I did like three loads of laundry. And then I was like, Wow, I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) I went too hard, too fast. (laughs) And then immediately died. And then I died. Yeah, and then I was like, damn it. Which is kind of my MO. But there's no one here to stop me. So (laughs) next time you get the urge, call me. I will say, I need your help. I need you to talk me down. I'm about to do some chores. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know. Whenever your like throat hurts, it's it's so hard to go to sleep because you have to like yeah. keep swallowing and like it hurts and then exactly ugh, that's terrible. Exactly. That's why I thought I had strep was because the swallowing has been like swallowing knives for yep. days. And I got strep as an adult a couple years ago, and it felt exactly like this. Like this really, it just feels like I've had strep for a week. I don't know. People are talking about the flu Rona. I'm like, did I get the strep Rona? Because it feels like I did. <laughs> she got that strep Rona. <laughs> I'm a I'm a trailblazer. You are. Cool. You're a visionary. Mm-hmm. I think we mentioned briefly. We talked about the book we read this week, but we didn't actually say the name oh, of it. Should we say what it is? <laughs> I I mean, um, I guess. So. I guess. What if they just had to guess? We just started talking. <laughs> what if we just talk about it and we just let them figure it out? <laughs> the book we. I actually oh, think they, they could would. with It'd this be book. Easy. <laughs> The book that we read this week is da, 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 The Hunger Games. Yay! Yay! We love The Hunger Games. And I got to read it in bed all week, which definitely was a throwback to like <laughs> high school and being sick and getting to read like a fun book. And I was like, God, thank God I'm not just sitting here trying to read like all of a twist or something. 
like torture on torture. Hunger Games <laughs> is a more fun, sick read than Oliver Twist. I it will is. freely admit. Although I just have to say, like, the Hunger Games, I think, is just a more fun read than like anything else. When I was rereading, really I mean, maybe not fun, but when I was rereading it, I was like, this is like exactly what I love about reading. <laughs> That's exactly what I had. That's exactly. Well, I think it's also like from like the prime of probably when we were both like establishing that reading fiction really was like one of the truest parts of our identity. It's true. That was probably around the time that this came out. And so it was just, it's like a pillar of our love for literature. It really is. I remember reading it. Yeah. I guess I was in, I read it a little bit later than some of my friends Mm because it was on the, uh, Lone Star reading list for people who don't know that's was it yeah really? that was just like a list that wow. the state of Texas puts out every year for like middle school readers and then there's the blue bonnet list mm-hmm. which is for elementary school anyway but the Lone Star list had the Hunger Games on it when I was in seventh grade and so that's when people wow. started reading it and I didn't read it until the summer before eighth grade so I was a little mm-hmm. bit later but I it was still before the movie had come out and everything and I was like yeah freaking obsessed with it I and yeah I I know I think I was 12 or 13 I don't that's all I remember because I remember I used to wear my hair in a braid every single day because I was like (laughs) I'm gonna just like exactly and I already had a love for archery and then later on I actually got to get a bow and arrow arrows um so that was nice um which like I love, which hopefully with this house we get, by the way, I'll be able to actually like oh shoot again, which should be fun. Be living your but Katniss lifestyle, truly. I will be living the Katniss Everdeen dream, except that I don't hunt and I also don't wear my hair to braid that much anymore. <laughs> Emotionally, spiritually, you'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. But see, once my friend, when I had my hair in a braid, I was in the pool and my hair was in a braid and she was like, you look just like Katniss Everdeen <gasps> right now. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like ever since then. I like I still think about that and I'm like I'm a grown woman I'm almost 25 and I'm still like I'm like Katniss Everdeen that's compliment you're overpaid you're like oh my god that is me (laughs) that is me you're right when I was um uh in eighth grade I guess it was like the last year I went trick-or-treating I Uh dressed up as Katniss and it was before the movie came out and so Mm -hmm. nobody knew who I was um, it was just like the only I would have known, like my friends, but like the oh, I know you. Have, mm-hmm. The only person who was like, "Oh, great! I love it! I get it!" was my friend's mom, who was a middle school teacher. <laughs> so of course she knew. But I, she saw me and that she was so like, "Katniss oh, Everdeen," and I was like, "Yes, yes!" Oh my god, that's so it was good! Awesome. I had like a bow, and I had like a cool jacket, and my hair braided, uh-huh. and had a pin, and that's it was so awesome. cool. I feel like I have a memory of seeing like pictures of this. If not, I'm just building like a really strong <laughs> mental picture right now. Like I can just really easily picture this. Maybe I'll put it on the social. Everyone can see. Oh my god, you have to! Everybody harass her. She has to put it on the. Soch. I'll put it on the social. Don't worry. Yay! And then I was so mad because I lost that down. jacket like that night too. It was a cool jacket. No. Was it a leather jacket? It wasn't. It was sort of like um, kind of black windbreakery, but it looked like kind of the one they ended up using in the movie, you know? It looked mm-hmm. like that. So Very smart. That's very cool. There's something so satisfying about dressing up as a book character, <laughs> but it's only satisfying for you. 
my pictures of myself as the artful dodger when I was in college that's like the Uh most confident I've ever felt you know (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's so funny didn't I lend you my hat for that yeah you did for that one thank you for that yeah you put it all together I was just (laughs) I I I, yeah that was I was really integral to that (laughs) No, I think I was like, I got this like 50 cent hat. Do you want it? I was like, <laughs> and you yes. were like, this would be perfect for my costume. Wow, I will look just like the artful Dodger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my Lord. I'm trying to think this this Halloween. What did I? I, I, I didn't even like really dress up. I kind of went witchy with my aesthetic. Yeah, you looked cute. But I you wasn't really corset. dressed up. Yeah, I made my little corset and stuff. Yeah. But I still have my princess dress that I haven't gotten to wear. Next time I go to the red That I've fair. had literally since high school. Yeah, seriously. I'm like, I'm just waiting for the time that it doesn't fit because it did fit me in high school. And I did have to put like one of like the cinching little corsets underneath just to get the dang zipper up. <laughs> so I'm like, one of these years is going to be, it's not going to fit anymore. I'm, the window of time in which I can wear this is very quickly. We like, got to do it quick. We got to do it quick. We gotta do it quick. Do you well, want to tell us about the author? I would love to tell you about Queen Suzanne. Okay. Okay. The Hunger Games is a novel by no. It way. is. A, it is indeed a novel, a young adult novel by Miss Suzanne Collins. The Hunger Games came out in two thousand eight. Let me tell you about Suzanne real quick. Suzanne used to write for children's TV shows. Did you know this? What? Mm-hmm. I did not and know that. Guess which were some of the ones she used to write for? I'll just tell you. What? Among the shows that she wrote for among like for years were uh, Little Bear and Oswald. <gasps> the one about the little um octopus guy. Do you ever watch Oswald? I did not I did not but you watch, watch Oswald, Little Bear. But I did watch Little Bear. Oh yeah. Isn't that cute? That's so sweet. I know, I love that for her. Aww. It's kind of funny. Then she was like, I will then write about kill- children killing each other. Um, <laughs> wow, yeah, she really ran the gamut. Yeah, so while she she was doing this in like the 90s and thousands, mm-hmm. and then while she was doing this, she or maybe not the thousands, but definitely in the 90s, while she was doing this, she met a children's book author named James Proimos. Proimos? I don't know, probably Proimos. Proimos. Anyway. And he is who The Hunger Games is dedicated to because he told her that she should try writing children's books. And she was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And then she ended up writing Gregor the Overlander. Have you ever heard of Gregor the Overlander? I know about it because it's obviously not as popular as The Hunger Games, but it's kind of, I think, Mm -hmm. more of a middle grade novel. Well, there's like five of them. I know because my brother and Emily are also, they're both obsessed with it. They read him like a long time ago. And basically it's about mm-hmm. this guy who like, he's like this kid who shrinks down and then there's like this underground world going on and he gets to ride around on uh-huh. a bat and Ooh, there's like this I love epic that. battle happening. But apparently it's like super sad. <laughs> like it oh ends God, really no, crazy. Thank you. No. But it's apparently also very good. So she wrote the Gregor the Overlander series. She had that idea because she was thinking a lot about Alice in Wonderland, which makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. She had the idea for the Hunger Games, famously, by like switching back and forth between this thing about like gladiators in ancient Rome on TV and then like The Bachelor or something. It was like some kind <laughs> oh of like God. mix of things like that, I think. And she was like, what is? What, I if, what if gladiators meet The Bachelor? I didn't actually read that, but I knew that from before. So if not, that is amazing. If I'm incorrect, 
I think somebody else did that, but I'm pretty sure it was Suzanne. Then she wrote The Hunger Games, which came out in 2008, which was followed by Catching Fire and then followed by mm-hmm. Mockingjay. And then, uh, well, I read- Which I have not read. Yes, which Ash has not read um, for reasons. And so when I when I read The Hunger Games, Catching Fire, I think, had like just come out. And so I got to read them kind of back to back, I'm pretty sure. And then mm-hmm. I had to wait for Mockingjay. That was like torturous to me. <laughs> I mean, the way that Catching Fire ends is like such a cliffhanger. I was losing yep. my mind forever oh it was crazy yeah. and i was such an idiot i haven't ever told anybody this but i'll tell you all now i Ooh, secret secrets <laughs> like a little 13 year old kendall was like oh my god i have to be ready for mocking jay when it comes out so i was like i'll pre-order it not realizing that they were going to ship it to me like the day it came out so i actually ended up having uh-huh. to wait like five days or three or like three to five business days or whatever from when it came out to when I was able to read it. Cause I'd already bought it. Uh huh. So then I was just oh, like, no funny. spoilers. Not that I really I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even thought about that. Them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was barely, I, <laughs> I listen, I had no money. <laughs> so, and I don't know. I think there was enough time between catch when I read catching fire, when Mockingjay came out that I like, wasn't, like the fan, like the, the internal fan in me had like cooled off enough that I wasn't going to die without yeah. it. So then other people read it first. And then I was given misinformation about how the book ended. And I was like, I am not reading that book. I will not this. I will not commit to this kind of masochism. I'm not going to just hurt myself with this book. Indeed. And so to this day, you have not read it. <laughs> <laughs> Today, this is, I'm not right. It's so funny to me. I and I didn't watch the other the I didn't watch the Mockingjay movies either. Well, see now it's actually perfect because you've avoided I think probably some spoilers perhaps because you were going off of false information. You know, <laughs> it's true. I actually don't know what happened <laughs> because literally people start talking about Mockingjay and be like, "Don't even talk to me about that book." <laughs> you're like, "Oh, I don't want to hear it." And they're like, "Okay, fine." <laughs> Actually, you're reminding yep. me, I did see a spoiler for Mockingjay in that time period. Because I was like, I don't know what website I was on. I think it was like, oh my God, some like stupid like fandom website that I used to go to back then that was like my only source of like, <laughs> you know, being online really, besides like uh-huh. going to like Fun Brain or whatever. And uh-huh. Webkins, did you Oh, play I played Webkins hardcore. <laughs> hardcore. Oh, I love it. And somebody on there like said something and I was like no it can't be true I like pretended like I didn't see it you know myself Uh I was like no (laughs) I didn't see that it didn't happen and then it did happen and I was so upset but I did but I managed to avoid the other another big spoiler so I was pleased with that but um well apparently I've just been given inaccurate spoilers (laughs) I know but I'm wondering like what you actually do know that's true I'm confused I don't know a lot I know there's revolution revelations revolution oh. <laughs> i was like i mean yeah. yeah she took it really bib i heard she took it really biblical as a <laughs> be not afraid katniss <laughs> oh my yeah. god yeah it's hardcore revolution so anyway then of course the films came out did you go see them like in the theater i did well i saw the, the first, first one in theaters yeah. That was a huge deal for me. I I wore my Team Pita shirt to school all day. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was in freshman I, in high school. 
I've never had, like, book merch. Uh-huh. I don't know why. It's just never. I just never have. But I am 100% sure that I wore my hair in a braid. I still, to this day, like, kind of dress-themed to go to movies. Good. <laughs> yeah. <That's> fun. <laughs> it is fun. I think so. Going to the Black Widow movie, I definitely wore, like, my, like, black skin-tight pants and my leather jacket and my, like, black combat heels. And I was like... I'm ready to go. I am Scarlet. I am Natasha. I am Natasha. I am ready to kill. Exactly. Good for you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, yeah, there are four Hunger Games films because they divided the they divided Mockingjay into two parts because they always love to do that. But I actually think it worked. Well, we can talk about the movies later. But I actually think it worked out okay in this in this case. I hated it uh-huh. for Twilight. Yeah. I was so relieved they didn't do it for Maze Runner. I guess nobody cares enough about the Maze Runner for them to do two parts. They were stretching it by putting out the third one, I think, because by then the like YA hype for films had kind of fizzled down. Plus they had to postpone yeah. Maze Runner 3 for like two years. So anyway, that's enough thing about the Maze Runner. But <laughs> I just said that's enough thing about the Maze Runner. You did. <laughs> you absolutely did. Anyway, that's... We need to enough. do the Maze Runner because you reference it a lot. I, so at some point we just need to actually... You know what? Let's just do Maze Runner. Screw Hunchback of Notre Dame. We're doing Maze Runner. <laughs> We're doing Maze Runner. I don't think I've ever read it. I watched the first and second movie, I believe. They slap. And then again, I didn't see the last one. I have a, I do have a habit of not reading the last books and not not watching the last <laughs> You're movies. Like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the Hunger Games films came out. And then like a couple of years ago, sorry, I don't have the exact date. I forgot. Suzanne wrote <laughs> we care. The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which is the Hunger Games Ooh. prequel book, which I have, but I haven't read yet. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And it's about President Snow. I guess that's why I haven't read it yet. Because <laughs> I'm like, do I care? That's why. But people said it's I think I heard good. Carissa talk about it. And she was like, why? Like, nobody wants that, like, story. <laughs> no one, I know. No one wants his story. But I love the Hunger Games so much. I'm like... I'll probably read it eventually. Oh, I think she bought it too. I mean, she's just like, why wouldn't you give us like a different, a different story? Yeah, it, it is wild to me. But I also like trust Suzanne implicitly. Like, I don't really trust her, but I think that she's smart. And I like, uh-huh. I'm like, she probably knows better than me. <laughs> Even when uh-huh. I'm like, she's so mean. But um, <laughs> it would be fun to get like a Hamish prequel book. Do you think about like Hamish's Ooh. games? That would be so good. Or even even about, like, you remember how, like, Peta's dad was in love with oh Kevin's mom? I would love I would love that. And then seeing, like, her fall in love with Katniss's actual dad. Like. You know Katniss's dad was hot. You know oh, Absolutely he was hot. He was the hottest. Absolutely. He was so hot. Dare I say hotter than any of the boys that we get in this book. <laughs> he probably was, <laughs> honestly. Just, yeah. <laughs> just, like, the little <laughs> bit that we get from this book about it, I was for real, like. Oh my god, this is way hotter than I remember. <laughs> he's like from the wrong side of the tracks, and she's like in yes. town, but he, she's like, I'm in, obsessed with him. I'm in love with him. Yeah. Oh exactly. my god. And the poor baker's over there, like, but I. <laughs> I know. I always felt sad for him. He seems so nice. He does. His the wife, the person he actually married, sucks. I know. That's also why I feel bad for him. Yeah. Well, you're like, why did you go so far the other direction, <laughs> bro? What happened? <laughs> Oh, we're Mr. Baker, man. Mr. Malark. Yeah, Mr. Malark. So Suzanne's birthday. Do you want to guess what her zodiac sign is? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> She's a Leo. Her birthday. A Leo. Oh, I can see that. It's August 10th, 1962. And she was born Ooh. in Hartford, Connecticut. 
Hartford, Connecticut. So, that's near Gilmore Girls. Yeah, that's what I got for our girl Suzanne. All right. Well, okay. So we start out with um, Katniss is hunting, right? Which is basically all she does when she's at home. She lives in District 12. Okay, basically, like, background for the setting. If you have somehow made it this far in your life and you haven't read or watched The Hunger Games. The country is now called Panem. Or Panem. How do you... How I think, like, Panem. Yeah. Panem. It used to be North America. There was a big old war. There were 13 districts. The 13th district got just destroyed, basically, for inciting a revolution or a rebellion, really. And then ever since then, the government of Panem has just been like really, really hard on the districts. And District 12 is responsible for coal mining. Basically, all the districts have like different um, things that they're responsible for producing. District 12 is one of the poorer districts. There's only like three or four like relatively wealthy districts. There's, you know, the townspeople who have a little bit more money, the peacekeepers and the officials who are like living the good life. And then there's the people of the seam who have... Like, absolutely nothing. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah. They're basically like coal miners and the families of coal miners. And the people die in the mines all the time and people die really young. And like Katniss and her and her little sister Prim and her mom are basically all that's left because their father was killed in an explosion in a mine years before. So ever since their father died, Katniss has been providing for the family by hunting in the woods. You're not supposed to go in the woods, but, like, there's a big fence that's supposed to, like, deter, like, the townspeople or whatever from going out into the woods because it's illegal to poach. And you can basically be killed for almost any offense at this point, which is crazy. But she's but she goes out there. She's got a bow and arrow that her father made, and she hunts. And then she will sometimes, she'll sneak under the fence, and then she'll sneak back in with her kills. And she and her friend Gail, who also poaches in the woods with her, he's a hottie. Gail is hot, like. Gail is hot. He's objectively hot. Gail is objectively hot. (laughs) He's objectively hot. (laughs) It's true. Um, So then they they come back. You love Gail. I do love him. I had a big crush on Gail and I did not understand the hype about PETA. And then who was it that played PETA in the movie? Yes, I remember everyone was so into him and I was like, he's no Gail. (laughs) But Ash. I know, I know. And then reading the book again, I was like, okay, no, I really like PETA. Um, And I liked him the first time, too. I think I just also, I was particularly in that phase of if everyone else likes it, I'm not going to like it. Oh, yeah, I get it, for sure. I think that this, sorry, real quick. I think that this series, the love triangle in this series is, like, the least um, obvious love triangle, like, in any YA book. Because you're kind of like, like, okay, when I'm reading Twilight, I'm like, Oh, wait, no, I can't say that because you'll get mad at me. But I'm like, go ahead and say it's it. It's obvious Edward <laughs> is endgame. You know, there's no. No, it's you're right. It's obvious that he's the endgame. I just, I would never have chosen him, but it's course, obvious yeah. he's the endgame. I just, to me, there was like, okay, why are we even arguing about this? You know, but in the yeah. Hunger Games up until the end, and I've been a hardcore team PETA person from the beginning, but even yeah. I was like, Okay, but Gail also is very good. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was yeah. such a thing. Like also a good option. Yeah, like I do love him. I'm not I would yeah. never deny that I love Gail. Oh, that's too funny. Um, it is really subtle, and I think the reason it's subtle is because Katniss is almost entirely unaware of her feelings <laughs> for this entire book about both of them. I'm sitting there 
too. I was like, oh, the reason why. It, like, there's one part where she says something like, it's so weird for me to think about Gail and Peta together. And like, she's like, why is that? Anyway, I won't dissect that any further. <laughs> she does. She, every time she like tiptoes close to the idea of why do I feel that way about Gail or about Peta? She's like, never mind. It's not important. And I'm like, hmm. I don't really relate to Katniss that much. She's honestly just too badass. But with that one, I'm like, okay, I can understand this. <laughs> like, too many feelings to think about. Don't think Just about it. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> I I love Kat so much, she, but she is so funny because she will just, it's so funny because it's first person, present tense. And yet she is yep. still, I feel like still sometimes she holds things back from you. And I'm like, oh, it's because yeah. she doesn't even think about them herself. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I really, I really, like, I don't relate to Katniss all that much, but I really relate to the narrative style because <laughs> I'm like, Yes, exactly. Listen, there's only so much you can process at one time. You kind of prioritize what you're processing. Absolutely. And among her list of problems, which hot boy am I going to date is on the very bottom. Very bottom. Yeah. She is a master prioritizer. (laughs) She's like, listen, I got to stay alive here. Like, she's got a lot going on. I don't think Pete is that great at prioritizing. Uh, Listen, he's a dreamer. He's a lover. He's. He's a visionary. He's a dreamer. He's a lover. She's a fighter. They're perfect. They are. They complement each other. Okay, enough about that, Kendall. We'll get to it. (laughs) Anyways, yeah. So her and Gail go poach in the woods and they come and they sell whatever they catch in the in the hob, which is like the black market. Um, which basically everybody uses, it sounds like. (laughs) Like because the peacekeepers, because that because District 12 is so poor that like even like the peacekeepers and the officials, like if they want to enjoy nice things, like they're going to have to trade with the criminals. So I kind of enjoyed that um, aspect of it. I love a little bit of crime in books. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I love a little bit of crime. (laughs) Someday I'm going to get arrested for something really stupid and they're going to like point back to this moment and I'm going to be like, no, no, I was talking about in books. Uh, oh man anyways so let's see what happens from here um basically it's about to be the reaping day and this is a day that i can't even imagine how traumatic is it's an ongoing trauma every year basically to remind the districts of what will happen if they rebel the capital hosts the hunger games once a year To determine who is going to compete in the Hunger Games, every district holds a reaping where the names of every kid gets over the age of 12, gets put into a ball, like one for girls, one for boys, and they pick a name. So they draw a name. Um, However, in the poorer districts, you can submit your name for additional tessera or tesserae, however you say it, which are basically like additional helpings of food and supplies. So, like, the poor families, like, Candace's name is in there, like, 40 times or something, right? Yeah. And Gail's is in there, like, over 70 times. Um, Prim's name, so Katniss, it refuses to let Prim put her name in any additional times for Tesserae because she's already doing it. Um, so Prim's name is luckily only in there once. And so then they have to all get dressed up. It's awful, too, because the capital, like, makes them act like it's this, like, big holiday, And, like, if you even, like, openly dissent, you could be arrested. You could be publicly whipped, like, at best, which is just crazy. So they all get (sighs) dressed. They all go to the reaping. 
Uh, Effie, this is where we meet Effie Trinket and Hamish. <laughs> no, no, just, you perfect know, character. <laughs> <laughs> truly are. Effie Trinket is the ultimate ditz in a way, but she's also like becomes really unexpectedly valuable later. Yeah. I love Effie. I think she's a very complex character, actually. She's very it's complex. Very, she's so it's interesting because she represents, like, because she's your first um, real insight into the capital. Yeah. And so at first you're like, oh, Effie's the worst. Like, she's, you know, you kind of put all that on yeah. her. But she's actually, she's a little bit more compassionate than you'd expect a little bit more understanding yeah. but she's still and even when you like her though there's still times where you're like effie why would you say that and it's just yeah. like she's she can never so relate truly no but she kind of wants to which i think is interesting yeah. you know is yeah and she also like kind of like you see more and more in the book like she does have her own thoughts and feelings she's very good at not you know showing them because in the capital no one does but i think she's a good example of that idea that like when you sometimes like it's easy to think about like other like cities or people or even other countries and be like everyone is evil there and then you're like absolutely not that's not how it works like maybe the government is corrupt but the people are not inherently corrupt just because they're from there yeah. however Effie is very much like influenced by like capital style and culture and social everything and it's so annoying <laughs> so she's like like, uh, hi, everybody. She talks in, like, a stupid voice. And she's like, everyone, welcome to the Hunger Games. And everyone, like, knows she's kind of pissed that she keeps getting given <laughs> District 12. District 12 is, like, the sucky district. Like, nobody wants it. It is. And, like, so, yeah, anyways. So, um, and I'm going to forget, like, the most famous. May the odds May be, the ever, odds in be ever in your favor. Yeah, so she says that. Happy Hunger Games. Their style is just crazy. Like, she just looks crazy. Um, <laughs> we meet Haymitch, who is the basically the only victor of the Hunger Games from District 12. So he lives all alone in the victor's village, which are these, like, nice houses built for the victors. And he's the only one there. And he is drunk 100% of the time. <laughs> Quite literally 100% of the time. <laughs> Quite literally 100% of the time. So he, like, falls off the stage. And, of course, like, everybody, I mean... District 12 isn't laughing because they're like, this is embarrassing for us. But like everyone else who's watching this like live streamed around the country is laughing because they're like, yeah, this is embarrassing for you. <laughs> yeah. And it is. Oh, hey, Mitch. And so anyway, so they call names and it shouldn't happen. There's just no way this should happen. But they call Primrose Everdeen. It is so iconic. It is so iconic. I'm sorry. I know it's terrible. So but like Suzanne did that, you know, because it was she like nobody's safe. Not even Prim. Nobody's name was in there one time. Exactly. It's crazy. And so this is where we get the I Volunteers tribute. (laughs) So Katniss volunteers as tribute, which is a thing that has basically never been done in District 12 or any of like the poorer districts. Like in the, it's weird too, because in like the rich districts, like districts like one through four-ish, sometimes people will like, I mean, people will like volunteer because they want to compete. So they have like a whole like, they have a whole set of rules that go into volunteering. But that doesn't happen here. So Effie's like, okay, I guess. Um, love your enthusiasm. Come on up. <laughs> and then the other name that gets called is Peta Mellark. So My sweet, sweet boy. Uh-huh. And they have a little bit of background, these two. Not a lot. But basically, 
when Katniss and her family were at the worst time of their lives, her father had died, their mom fell into a deep depression for quite a while after their father died, and basically, so she wasn't, like, helping, like, work or get food. And because Katniss didn't want her and for him to be taken and given to, basically, the orphanage, because life was even worse, um, she was trying to figure out a way to, like, gather food and get money, and so she was literally starving to death outside the baker's home, and the baker's wife had just been a horrible person to her, um... And then she's out there, like, it's raining, I think. And she's like, this is just the ultimate, like, Dickens moment. Like, she is. really is. <laughs> she really is. She's dying. And then um, she hears, like, a shout from inside. And then someone gets hit inside. And then a little boy, Peta, comes out with these just, like, partially burned but still totally edible loaves of bread. And he throws them in her direction and goes back inside. So it's he did so that for her. <laughs> He did it for her. And then and so this is their kind of like catal- it was a catalyst for her like figuring stuff out later and like yes. she needed so it basically, to keep going. Exactly. Because of that moment she was like, yeah, she figured out like how to like look for, you know, how to forage for food, what's to, what's edible, what's not, learn how to hunt and stuff. And so basically without that happening, both because of the food and because it was a catalyst, like she wouldn't have survived the way that she had. Um, and this is kind of the last that Katniss has thought about PETA. Like, she's just, like, the boy with the bread. Like, she's always grateful to the boy with the bread, but she has not thought about him beyond that. Whereas he has been definitely keeping an eye on her since then. Oh, my sweet boy. Oh, man. So they get put on the train to go to the Capitol. Hamish is being totally useless. Peta Peta and Katniss basically threaten him into being like, you have to be helpful to us. Like, you have to. Um, She promises Prim, because she had promised Prim she's going to try to actually win. Um, this other girl, whose name I suddenly can't remember, from Madge. the... Madge, yes. The mayor's daughter. Who, the mayor's daughter. Yeah. So, it's funny because Katniss says, and this is something I've also said, but it's so weird I don't relate to Katniss, because sometimes she says things I've actually said, but I'm still like, I still don't relate to her. But she says something, like, she says Madge isn't, like, really her friend, but they just talk sometimes, <laughs> and Madge gives her the Mockingjay pin, like, the famous Mockingjay pin. And then when she does that, and Katniss is, like, being, like, basically dragged out of District 12, she's like, maybe Madge and I were friends all along. I know. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. That was sad to me. She was like, oh, wait, have I actually had a friend? <laughs> this whole time? It's so sad. I just think it's kind of cute that Katniss, who's, like, extremely poor, like, from the same and stuff kind of always ends up partnered up with like the mayor's daughter like they just kind of hang yeah. out at school it's so <laughs> kind of cute funny. i like it it's adorable um so they're on their way to the capital and Hamish is basically like you guys need to like present yourselves as a team they get to the capital they get like washed and dried and shaved <laughs> like well sorry waxed and <laughs> it's rough they get like a full head to toe makeover um and she's thinking like they're gonna get dressed up in like really gaudy outfits like on the other um it's been listen it's been bad in the past for district 12 (laughs) like the opening (laughs) ceremonies in the capital like i think the year before she said that it was like their their design their stylists basically had the district 12 tributes go naked covered in coal dust (laughs) you're just like why would you do that but their stylist is named Cinna, and he is so cool. I freaking love Cinna. Iconic. I love Cinna. Cinna's, oh God, I love him so much. Okay, and in the movie, his earrings, I was like, I want all of those earrings on my ear. Oh my God, yes. Yeah. So 
he puts them in these really cool first of all their outfits match which isn't which is not the usual um and they're really cool and they get set on like fake fire so they when they enter in the chariot for like the opening ceremonies nobody can take their eyes off their off district 12's chariot and katniss let's go district 12 yeah. let's go district 12. and this is where the it starts out this imagery for katniss the girl on fire and so that's kind of what mm-hmm. she comes to be known as which is very cool. Um, and then there's like some training and stuff. Um, they have to basically go before the game makers and basically show, like secretly show them like what their real skill is. District 12 goes last. So by the time that Katniss goes, she's the last person and the game makers are like busy eating and drinking and not really paying attention. So after like shooting some targets, like expert shooting, and they're not paying attention, she basically like, she's like, Fine, I'm so mad. And so she shoots the apple out of the, like, stuck, like, the pig's mouth. And it's so funny. It is so good. I love that moment. It's so good. And then she, <laughs> and then she goes, thank you for your consideration. And the little bow. Yeah. And then leaves. And then leaves without being dismissed. And Effie's like, you did what? <laughs> so funny. <laughs> and then she actually scores the highest out of any of the tributes because of it. Which is amazing. Um, Let's see. So then they have, like, their final interviews before, like, in front of... All this is televised, by the way, if I haven't said. So they have... I can see you're getting excited. I'm like, <laughs> everything you're saying is making me excited, as if I didn't just read it. I'm like, oh, I love this part! I know. Uh, all the interview parts were very good. So... Oh, my God. There's uh, Claudius Templesmith, right? That's his name? The... Uh, no, this one is Caesar oh, Flickerman. Caesar Flickerman. You're right. You're right. Okay, so Caesar Flickerman. So he's one of the capital announcers or whatever, or interviewers or whatever, and he does this every year. And they basically have to, like, interview for, like, three minutes or something each candidate. She's got another amazing dress, arguably the most stunning dress. It's covered in jewels. It's, like, 40 pounds. And when she spins, it makes it look like the fire is, like, alive, which is so cool. Um, so basically she goes and she does her interview. She's really nervous about it because Hamish is like, just be nice. And she's like, I don't know how. And he's like, try. And she tries. And he's like, that was horrible. (laughs) So, yeah. So that's a good time. Um, but then she actually does. Oh, and she's a little upset because not, she's not really upset, but, uh, PETA has decided just suddenly now that he wants to train. Yeah. So she's like, well, what's that about? Yeah. And they've been kind of been building the camaraderie a little bit. So she's like, okay, rude. And so she's just like mad and just doesn't want anything to do with him. And so she's like watching the rest of the interviews as she's done hers. Now PETA does his. And basically the Caesar is like, so you got any girl back home who's waiting for you to come back or whatever? And he's like, well, oh, there is a girl, but she's not home. And he's like, what? And he's like, I'm in love with Katniss. And <laughs> then the camera goes over to Katniss and she's like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> it is so good. It is so good. I, oh my God. When I was reading this in middle school, I think I like passed out. I was like, this is actually everything to me. <laughs> Knowing nothing about it beforehand, I was freaking out. And I freaked out again yeah. when I read it. I did too. I was like, the reveal is so good. It might be one of my favorite. This might be my favorite part because the reveal is so good. I have several favorite <laughs> parts. Favorite part it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And so they're like, it's so iconic. Yeah. So, <laughs> so basically she gets pissed. And then when they get back to their like hotel or whatever, she pushes PETA down. He like falls and cuts his hand. And she's like, what the hell? You made me look stupid and weak. And Amy was just like, no, he made you look desirable which you are not naturally <laughs> so yeah because they're trying to get sponsors because basically in the games if you have really like good sponsors they can send you things like food and medicine and water so 
basically, it, you really want to have, you want to win over the sponsors. And she really wasn't doing that on her own. So Hamish, like, talked to PETA, basically, and was like, PETA, you know, anything you can do to make, you know, her look better isn't bad. And he tried to make her be more desirable herself, and it just wasn't happening. Um, but this whole time, he's really weird. Like, Hamish is really, like, careful with his language. Like, he's, like, basically tells them, from now on, from here on out, you guys need to act like you're star-crossed lovers. Like, you need to act like you're in love. But he always says to Katniss, like, you need to act like you're in love. And she's like, well, you don't, I don't see you saying this to Peta. And he's like, Peta's got it. <laughs> he's got it under control. <laughs> because yeah, Peta's actually Yeah, and is very much, like, has noticed the whole time that... No. Peta, Peta is more charming than Katniss naturally. Yeah. He's very good at talking to people. Mm-hmm. He's good at like being cute and like winning people over. And he's good with his words. And Katniss is like not as much naturally. Yeah. So yeah, Katniss like kind of doesn't get she it. She so doesn't get it. Yeah. So <laughs> then, okay. So now the Hunger Games starts, which is just crazy. It's the, it's 24 tributes. Cause so two from each district that are in the arena. They have to like the trumpets go, like sound or whatever. And then they have to rush out and basically they can choose to distance themselves or they can try and go to the cornucopia which is literally a giant metal cornucopia filled with like supplies and weapons and food and traditionally the career tributes which are the tributes from like one through four ish um they sometimes like kids rich kids will basically train to go even though they're not supposed to they train because they want to go to the hunger games which is crazy. So these are like some like ripped kids that are like super yeah. strong. They already know weaponry. So basically she sees a bow and arrow. She's going to go get it in the cornucopia. And Peta sees her and he shakes his head no. And she she trusts him in that moment. And instead she just like runs around the cornucopia and grabs like a backpack from the ground. And uh-huh. um, yeah. So then she's off and she's into the woods. And now it's basically just like lots of surviving. Um it uh-huh. is a survival yeah. book, basically, from here until... So people are dying, people are killing each other. She doesn't have the bow and arrow um, until much later. She's trapped in a tree. The careers have formed an alliance with PETA. With PETA! <laughs> yeah, so she's up... That blew my mind as well when I was little. I was like, what is he doing? I know, it doesn't make any sense. So she's up in a tree, she's hiding. They can't climb because they're too heavy. She's very good at climbing trees. She's been sleeping in the trees this whole time. And they're like, well, we'll just wait for daytime. Like, she's got to come down eventually. And so then she's thinking, what am I going to do? And then she sees these eyes from the tree across from her. And it's Rue. And Rue is another tribute. She's the youngest. She's only 12 years old. So she's Prim's age. And she's from District 11, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's from District 11, and she points above Katniss, and there's a tracker jacker nest, which are, like, these genetically modified by the government. By the way, could the government stop genetically modifying everything? Gosh, first it's fruit, <laughs> then it's wasps. Now it's... When will when it will end? It end? <laughs> so, yeah. So, basically, the tracker jackers are super, super lethal, like, metallic-ish wasps. They're, I don't know if they're actually metallic, but she describes them as looking. I don't think so, but they, yeah, they look like that. Yeah. And then like, they'll give you bad hallucinations mm-hmm. or they'll kill you. Yeah. Like they're very dangerous and they'll like always hunt down whoever. Yeah, they're called tracker jackers because like, whoever they think like hurt the nest, they'll go after like till they're dead. So mm-hmm. um, she basically goes up and she saws off the um, the nest. And so it drops down on the careers and PETA. She only gets a couple stings, but she's hallucinating bad when she gets down there. 
Glimmer was one of the contestants from one of the career districts. She's super dead. She had the bow and arrow. So she's super, she's dead. super dead. So Katniss gets it. The careers are about to, they all ran off, but now they're all trying to come back. And Peta sees her trying to get the bow and arrow. He's like, what are you doing? Get out of here. And so he basically fights off Cato, one of the career, distri- career tributes from District 1. He fights him off for her. She gets away. Now she's got the bow and arrow and she's, she passes out basically for two days in a ditch. Yep. <laughs> yep. The drama. The drama. She awakens, shortly forms an alliance with Rue. That's cool. Mm-hmm. They decide they're going to go blow up the supplies because the careers have collected, like, all the supplies from the cornucopia. Yes. 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 It's so good. This is my other favorite part. I, know. I love them blowing the stuff Me too. up. And I love their alliance. It's so, cute. so cute. They have such a sweet alliance. So Rue, like, sets a bunch of fires as a distraction, like, way far back in the forest, while Katniss is over at this big clearing where they first, like, ran out, you know, of the tunnels or whatever, like, round, ran out across the grounds for the beginning of the games. Um, and she sees that, like, there's, like, basically mines in the ground, which is crazy. They've, like, basically mined the area. Not, like, mined, like, with a pickaxe, but, like, put, like, <laughs> explosive mines around this collection of all the food and supplies and she I thought this was so cool this is so cool because the district three guy Katniss was like blown away that he was able to do this because he like refigured the old mines to for their purposes Mm -hmm. it's so cool and I think it's foreshadowing for book two yeah I mean, just, like, the way they kind of use the arena, like, to their advantage. Oh, yeah, I think really so. Really cool. Um, so she basically uses her arrows, and she shoots a hole in an apple bag. And all the apples tumble out, activate all the mines, blow it up. She goes deaf in one ear. <laughs> um, she has oh, a hard no. time getting back. And she has to basically, like, sleep for the night in the brush that she's hidden in, very close to the careers camp. The careers are furious. They come back, and Kato throws a giant hissy fit, because he's a giant baby man. And then... The next day, she does finally, like, get back to look for Rue. Can't find her. Um, she finally does find her because she hears the Mockingjay song. So the Mockingjays are no- another genetically modified creature um, that can... Yeah, but we like but them. But we like them. And they can, yeah, they can repeat, um, like, human melodies. So Rue used to sing to them when she would work in the orchards because her... her um, district was responsible for agriculture and so she would sing to them and then they would like pass along her song to everyone else to let them know that the day was done so that four note girl. you can probably hear it in your head anyone who's been like you know following the hunger exactly <laughs> yeah um I, I remember being like what, what is the song what is it gonna like, sound yeah. like when they did the movie i was like i wonder what the sound is i love it I, I really like what they picked um me too yeah it's kind of haunting. it is kind of haunting um, so she hears it and she's like, oh my God, good. Rue must be okay. And then, and then she hears the Mockingjays freak out and she's like, oh no. And then she hears Rue screaming her name and it's so horrible and everything just gets darker and darker. She bursts into a clearing. She sees Rue who is stabbed with a spear and she's in a net and there's, who, who is it? One of the, one of the district, one of the one district, or yeah, one of the careers is there who just stabbed Rue and Katniss does not even pause. She just shoots him straight through the neck with the arrow. He rips it out like an idiot, dies instantly. And then she sings Rue to death. It is so sad. It is so sad. I cried again so when I reread sad. it. But she basically, there's only so much she can do in like an open act of rebellion of the Capitol. And she's, but this is, this is kind of her turning point where she's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm not, 
I because basically Gail has been raging against the capital for years and she's like whatever mm-hmm. life is life this is where she's kind of like no I'm done I'm mad I'm I, yeah. I, it's insane that the government has us has kids fight each other in these games. I'm ready to stand up. I want to say something. But she's also literally in the middle of the Hunger Games, so there's only so much she can do. But she pissed. So basically, in protest, she goes and collects a bunch of, like, flowers, and she, like, threads them through Rue's hair and, like, puts them all around her so that she basically, like, has, like, a bed of wildflowers. Um, it's so sweet. It's so sweet. And, like, this is, we didn't mention it, but... Um, before they went into the games, Peta and Katniss were like talking on the roof, and he. This is when he, that was when he said his thing about like I don't want to just be a piece in their games, mm-hmm. and she kind of had the same thing that she always had with Gail, where she's like, what What's the point of even like thinking about yeah. talking about it? Like they're always gonna win. Yeah. But this is when she's kind of like maybe I kind of get what he means. Yeah. Like she's like I want them to know Rue is like a real person. Yes. Like she deserves to be mourned and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, this is when she finally so. gets what Peta said and she all the things that Gail's been saying. Um, so that's good. Uh, basically, she continues surviving. She'd gotten some burns, so she gets, like, a medicine sent to her, which is great from the sponsors, and it helps. And then, um, there's an announcement that the rules are changing. They've modified the rules for this game, and they've decided that any two tributes from the same district can win together. Everybody screamed. Everybody moved. Everybody lost their mind. So she, like, so she out loud goes, PETA! And then... Of course, uh, this whole thing is being filmed, by the way. So, like, the cameras definitely caught it. The cameras catch everything. So then she's like, I gotta find PETA. And all she knows is that he was injured really badly and that Kato and the careers don't think that he's gonna be a problem anymore. He's just off somewhere dying slowly by himself. So she actually does manage to find him by, like, going back to the stream and following the stream up the hill or whatever and she almost steps on him. And then he says something. He says, come to finish me off, sweetheart. And she's like, where the hell did that? And like, has to look down. He has camouflaged himself. Our sweet baker boy, who is so good at frosting cakes. Has, <laughs> he has disguised uh, himself. Not a skill you'd think would be transferable, but and apparently, apparently it is. And I love that for him. I'll accept it. <laughs> This took a big stretch of my belief to be like that a baker's son can camouflage himself to this extent. But I was like, okay, I'll accept He's it. Artistic. We walk the line of I don't believe it, but I'll take it. <laughs> I will choose to accept it. I will take it because I'm glad for him. Yes, you know, exactly. He's got a skill. I'm like, it is the farthest stretch of the imagination, but it's, but I'll take it. It's still within the bounds, maybe. Yeah. So he's been just dying in the dirt, essentially. She washes him off. She does what she can for his leg wound. It's basically his thighs, like, cut to the bone. So it's not great. Oh, the way she describes this is so disgusting. It's, like, oozing pus and, like, nasty and <laughs> gross. I'm like, Can yeah. Katniss is squeamish about it, too. It's so I funny. Because Prim and her mom are, like, very, mm-hmm. like, medicinal. Like, they'll help people. Yeah. They're, like, healers. Katniss is like, I'm leaving the room. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> so I don't want to be now, But now she this. has to do it. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> so she basically, like finds a cave and kind of like disguises it for them and now the problem is he's has an infection so he's got this crazy high fever so this is also where she's like why is it Hamish helping us and then she remembers what he said and she's like dang it he's not gonna help us unless I act like we're in love so like basically like give them something so the sponsors will give us something so she figures this out so from here on out now that she and Peter are back together she's very intentional about like she kisses him a lot she says sweet things she tries to ask him questions she's still so bad at being romantic it's very funny but it comes so naturally to Peta. so I wonder why I I wonder why yeah (laughs) 
And so Peta This whole thing is so sad. So Peta is also like a half like in and out of consciousness because he has a fever. So he's just like so happy with this situation, honestly. Like oh, baby. it's so it's so funny and sweet. So they talk about their childhood and their feelings, and there's like these days of her trying to take care of him, and of course more kisses. And they share a sleeping bag because forced proximity, because we love that. Uh, oh, my God. There's only one there's sleeping only bag. One sleep- <laughs> what are they supposed to do? Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. His fever is keeping her warm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so romantic. It's so romantic. But I think it's, it was so funny when he was, like, telling her about, um, like, when he first knew he was in love with her, which is, like, when they were five years uh-huh. old and she like came to school and he remembered what dress she was wearing. Uh-huh. He remembered what song she sang for the class. Yeah. And she's like, wow, he has a really good memory. Yeah. She's like, I wonder why you remembered that. And you're like, no, no, because <laughs> he's in love with you. But she really thinks that he is up until almost the end of the book. She's like, he is so good at faking this whole being in love with me thing. And you're like, <laughs> she's like, wow, he's like really good. Yeah. And you're like, dude, no. Um, Oh, she's like, hmm, that's weird. He's supposed to be making stuff up, but it sounds really yeah, real. She's like, oh, well, I guess yeah. he's really good yeah, at it. He's just, he's just really good at this and has a great memory. And you're like, Katniss, you are being some kind of stupid right now. Oh, but you know what I thought was funny? Sorry. Um, back in, like, this was way like before um, when they were at the Capitol. But when they were telling Hamish, like, what their strengths were or whatever, they're both kind of like playing themselves down mm-hmm. and Peter was like oh, yeah right she's an amazing hunter and like going off and she was like oh whatever and then she was like hmm, weird that he like keeps track of me I guess I never thought about him like noticing me and then but then he was like yeah I can't do anything and she's like are you kidding me you're a really good wrestler and she's like wait why do I know yeah exactly she's like, hmm, I guess I've sort of been paying attention yeah she's got some line like I guess I did keep track of the boy with the bread and I'm like oh that's cute she's the girl on fire he's the boy with the bread together toast um yeah so his fever's really bad he's definitely gonna die um they announced that they're gonna do a feast uh so the feast is a thing that sometimes the announcers will do the game makers will do in the hunger games when things are getting kind of dull and you know the audience really wants to see more bloodshed so they'll basically try and corral people back to one area of the arena usually it's by holding a feast um, so all the players will come in to get food and then they'll end up having to fight each other. But instead, this time there's not that many opponents left. I think it's like six-ish people left at this time. Maybe only mm-hmm. four, actually. I don't remember. Um, but she, basically, the game maker says, each of you needs one thing really badly. And she needs like really crazy good medicine, like capital level medicine to try and heal PETA. Mm-hmm. So he's like, uh, "That's good. that stuff's going to be at the feast. So you know, if you want it, come get it." And Peta's like, "You can't. You have to promise me, Candace. You won't do it." And he's like, starting to like lose it. And she's like, "God, fine, fine. I guess, fine. I promise." And then Hamish sends like a bottle of sleep medicine, basically, and she matches it up in some berries and tricks him into eating it. And then he just told her that she's a horrible liar too. And so it's kind of hilarious. Um, then he's he's like, what is this? And she's like, oh, they're sugar berries. You know, like my mom used to like make jam with them at home all the time. Don't you recognize them? And he's like, I mean, maybe I don't. And then he's like, oh, my God, because he recognizes the flavor of the sleep medicine. And he's like, I can't believe. And then he passes out and she's like, hmm, 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 I am a good liar. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
so funny because she kind of says that with like for the capital. Yeah, she does. <laughs> for the camera. She out loud for the camera says something about, oh, I thought I wasn't a good liar or something. <laughs> She's so proud of herself. Oh, Katniss. Uh, she goes to the <laughs> center of the arena again, like the clearing area. Uh, there's a table laid out that's got like a bag with the number of the tributes on it for each tributes that need it. Um, and oh, Fox face is there. She's what from district four or something. I don't know. Yeah. I can't she's, remember. uh, I don't know what, I don't know what her real name is, but Katniss has been calling her Fox face. She's just very evasive. She runs in. She's like one of my favorite characters. Gotta be real. I know. I love she's her. She's basically <laughs> just so smart that she's just outlasting everybody. So she yeah. was hiding in the cornucopia. And so she just ran out, grabbed a bag, and ran because she knew she knows no one's going to go after her because they still have to it get there. It is theirs. so cool that she did that. It is so cool. <laughs> Katniss is like, dang it, I should have done that. Um, yeah. And so then she's like, I have to go now. It's now or never. And there's the, ba- the bag for District 12 is teeny tiny. And so she runs out. She grabs it. She's about to run away. And then Clove is her name, right? She is the mm-hmm. second career from tribute. The second career tribute from District 1. God. So much jargon. So much Hunger <laughs> Games jargon. Um, so she attacks her. She's crazy. She's like, Kato said yeah. that if I got to kill you, then I'd have to, like, you know, really make it good for the cameras. And so she's, like, threatening to, like, cut Katniss's face up and stuff. And um, Katniss can't really do anything at this point. But she talks – then Clove starts talking about how, like, how Rue died, basically. And she's, like, gloating yeah. about Rue's death. And then all of a sudden, Clove isn't on top of Katniss anymore. <laughs> Because Thresh <laughs> appeared. Thresh was the other tribute from Rue's district. Hell yeah! We love Thresh. We kind of love him. I actually do. I stand. He is like this terrifying. <laughs> I giant. feel like he was definitely hot. Like, he was definitely also. hot in the beefiest way. <laughs> like he is definitely a beefcake. He is. Oh yeah. So strong. And so he's like, "What did you say? What did you do to the little girl from my district?" Um, mm-hmm. Because you know, like it's not like these kids. Unless you're from one of the career districts, like you didn't choose to be in these games. So not only yeah. the fact that like the the kid from his the other kid from his district died has got to suck, but like she was a 12 year old girl. She's as young as you yeah. can be to even put your name in the ring. Um, oh, so baby. he's pissed. So basically, he just kills Clove, and you're like, all right. And then he looks like he's <laughs> about to kill Katniss, and Katniss is like, just do it quick, man. And he's like. I'm gonna let you go this one time so that we're even. <laughs> He's like, I know what you did yeah. for Rue, so I'll let you off this one time. And now we're and now I don't owe you anything. And she's like, dude, yeah. sick. Cool. Yeah, she's like, I understand. She's that. like, oh, she's like, absolutely. <laughs> I totally understand the whole not owing people thing. She books it out of there. She gets to save Peta. He's like, I can't believe you left me. I can't believe you totally disregarded what I said. And she's like, but you're alive, so you know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> basically, they were camped out by a water source, and then, oh, yeah, yeah, because usually the game makers, when there's only a few contestants left, will try and, like, herd the contestants back to the center of the arena for them to actually, like, have the final showdown and fight. And Katniss kind of wakes up thinking, today's gonna be the day. And then it is the day, because they've drained the water, they've dropped the temperature, so now they're forced to go back to the lake because the lake is in the middle of the arena. So they're like, I guess here we go. I guess we're going to go fight Kato. Yeah, but first yeah, So basically, while Peta's feeling better, they need to go get food. So Katniss is hunting and Peta is like gathering. <laughs> so he, she showed him like some roots and like safe like plants and stuff to pick to eat. But when she comes back, she finds him like picking berries that are nightshade berries which are lethal 
and you're not supposed to eat them. I know. And she's like, dude, no. And he's like, oh, my God, I thought these are the ones that you gave me the other day. My God, I'm so glad you said something. And all of a sudden, the cannon goes off. And the cannons go off when one of the tributes dies. So they look up in the sky and they see the image of Foxface's face projected. And she's like, what the hell? Um... And then she realizes, because when she had come back, she had seen, like, their little stash of food. Like, they had some cheese, and they had, and there were some of the berries there, and some of it was taken. Um, and she realizes what's happened is that Foxface stole some of their food, and then she ate it thinking that it was safe, because obviously PETA thought it was safe. That's why he put it with their food. Yeah. And she died. And so she's like, PETA, that was your kill. And he was like, what? <laughs> like... I so, know. I feel it bad. So she would have, but also, I'm like, I wouldn't want a fox face to go in a brutal way. Yeah. So I'm like, at least I do kind of <laughs> like that for the most part. Peta and Katniss's kills are pretty roundabout in the, for the most part. I'm like, yeah, I'm cool with that. Um, so Peta's like not too happy about, like, not feeling good about it. But oh well. So now, uh, Thresh and Cato get into a fight. Cato kills Thresh. We're all sad because if they, if it wasn't going to be our peeps that won, we wanted Thresh to win. Um, so now it's down to Cato and our the tributes from District Twelve, Katniss and Peta. So they go to that middle of the arena. They she sees Cato running at them. She tries to shoot him with an arrow. It bounces off because he's wearing body armor. And but then he runs past them, and she's like, "What the hell?" And then the mutations. Is that what they're supposed to be called? I think I don't so, like yeah. it. It's, it's a, a bad, bad name. name. Sorry, Suzanne. It is. But they're basically <laughs> these genetically modified dog wolf things that can run on their hind legs, which is horrifying. And oh my god, they have dude, every each one has a collar. There's 12 of them or 24 of them. No. The 21 of them. <laughs> and there's each one has a collar that's like themed like the district, one of the districts. And they have like the names of the dead tributes on them. And if that's not creepy enough, they have their eyes. I know. When Peter was like, Do you think that's really their eyes? Kat was like, We don't have time to worry about it. I was like, it. They I'm definitely like, are. I'm worrying about it. I'm thinking they definitely, <laughs> like, they cut off people's tongues for. Um, committing crimes that I could definitely see that they took people's eyes and so that's just like adds to the horror it's almost like a horror book for like an um, for a good part of that chapter it's pretty bad because yeah. then with Kato oh so they managed to get them and Kato managed to get on top of the cornucopia which you'd think is the only safe place um from the while these like horrible creatures with genetically modified the like werewolf things are like trying to kill them and uh, she tries to shoot some of them. It doesn't really work. Basically, Cato now has Peta in a chokehold up at the top at the end of the cornucopia. And he's, like, choking mm-hmm. him to death. And Katniss is like, well, what do I do? Like, if I shoot him in the head, he'll go down, but he'll take Peta with him. Um, and then Peta draws, like, an X on Cato's hand. So she shoots at his hand, right? Mm-hmm. And then... And then Kato, Kato falls. falls, and he gets just eaten by these scary, scary, like evil creatures. Yeah, and but he has the body armor, so it takes who like, takes hours. forever. This is awful, and they keep waiting for the cannon to go off, and then it doesn't. And finally, the sun comes Ugh. up, and Peta's like, "You need to, you need to finish it." And so she like goes, like crawls over, and like looks down, and you can see inside the cornucopia, 
it's Cato, and he can't he can't like speak or do, he just says please because he's just like please just kill me this is awful and so she kills him and the cannon goes off and then they wait for the trumpets so gross. yeah and then the trumpets are supposed yeah. to come on because the trumpets happen when there's a victor and the rule change meant that they could both win but then instead of trumpets the announcer goes uh we've actually had to change the rules back only one of you can win and they're like i'm sorry what so they've gotten off yeah, the cornucopia. They're down by the lake again. Um, and they're like, what are we going to do? Peter's like, I'm dying anyways, because his leg has started bleeding again. So um, he like just takes off like the tourniquet that she put on his leg. And she's like, oh, my God, no, don't do that. And he's like, it's got to be me. And she's like, what if it doesn't? And he's like, Katniss, there has to be a victor. And she's like, you're right. There does have to be a victor. <laughs> <laughs> she's like hmm, interesting, interesting that that. Say that gives me an idea i'm hatching up yeah <laughs> so she has nightshade berries that she saved because she was thinking maybe they could trick kato with them at some point and so she gives Peter some in her and then she puts them in her hand and he gets like they look at each other and he they get the plan and so basically they turn they turn around they're back to back holding hands and then they put the berries in their mouth and then the announcer comes back on. He's like, stop, stop. The winners are the vic- are the tributes from District 12. The games are over. And so they spit out the berries. They're good. Neither one's going to die. But um, yay! Uh, then they get uh, taken away by the hovercraft to leave the arena. She's losing her mind because she's like half feral at this point. PETA is in immediate surgery because his leg is just, just crazy in bad shape. Um, and then they're back at the Capitol and she gets knocked out for like a week while they like basically erase all of her scars, which is infuriating to me. I think so too. I, I hate, hate it. Because they're like, we want you to be pretty for the people. Like we want people, like, it's I feel like it's not real. It's like taking away everything that they went through. Yeah. yeah. And not even all of her hug games, guys, but also like all the ones that she just had from growing yeah. up. Like she's like polished and, then- and you're like, No. I know it's yeah. so gross, and then you find out later they wanted to do like breast augmentation yeah. surgery on her. And but Hamish so like, like the- threw up. He got into like a fight. Like Hamish was not going to let them do it. So he- good, good for, for Hamish. So instead, like he had to agree to let Cinna put like extra padding in her dress, and she's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> she's like amazing. Yeah, exactly. Poor thing. Um, now this time the dress that she gets to wear for the I like that it didn't just end too. Um, it's mm-hmm. like really, it's like candlelight. Like it's a lot gentler than the other dresses. And her mm-hmm. hair is just back in a headband and she's wearing flats. So she just looks like much younger in comparison to before. Um, and she's like, why do I look like this? And then before she goes on stage for like the Victor's interview, and she hasn't seen PETA at this point, Hamish hugs her basically just so he can tell her without anyone hearing. Uh, the Capitol's pissed. You made them look really <laughs> stupid. So just know that they're going to be trying to get you. Your only defense yeah. is that you were so crazy in love that you couldn't imagine living without PETA. And that's why you guys did the very thing. And that it wasn't an act of rebellion. And so she's like, yeah. oh, my God. And then she's got, and she's on stage, basically. She's like, ah! <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they go through, like, a series of interviews. She's, like, all cuddling with PETA on stage. And it's very sweet. She finds out that they had to amputate his leg. And give him a prosthetic leg. So that's a shock. Poor and she's baby. like on camera when yeah. she finds out, which I'm just like, yeah, that's horrible. She was like legit freaking was, out yeah. too. She yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, basically everybody buys the whole they're crazy in love thing. Um, Hamish says something to the effect of, yeah, Peta's already there. And she's like, 
What? What does that mean? Like, she just keeps thinking, what does that mean? And you're like, girl, this is not that complicated. Honey. Oh, my God. So then they basically are done for now with the Capitol. They get on the train to go home. And um, basically, this is where shit hits the fan as far as this romance that we love goes. Basically, how does this topic come up? They're like um, outside the train and they're like, oh, finally, he's like, finally, we get to talk. And he like gives her some flowers and stuff. But she's kind of like, as they get closer to Mm -hmm. District 12, she's like, this is um, fake. Yeah. (laughs) So then she kind of basically tells him without telling, like, he's like, oh, wait, were you faking? And she's like, (laughs) she's like, I thought we were faking. And he's like. I wasn't. <laughs> it's so <laughs> sad. Um, but she's like sad too because she kind of like she does have feelings know, the whole for thing him. Is so messed yeah. up. But she doesn't really know yet. Yeah, I she basically says, she "I don't know what I'm feeling. I need like time to like we've been fighting for our lives. Like I haven't even had a second to think about what I actually feel. Like she can only yeah. think or feel. She can't do both at once. Whereas Peta seems to be like he kind of can do both at once." He definitely is like feelings dominant, but Katniss just cannot do them both. At the but same he's time. always got a plan. Yeah. That's the thing I love about Peta. He's not just, he doesn't only have very strong emotions. Yeah. Well, obviously, yeah. he does, but he's very good at planning um, and strategy. I think using things to that Absolutely. Yeah, to his advantage. Yeah, he definitely is. Katniss cannot do that. She's not like him. She just <laughs> cannot think and feel at once. So she's like, <laughs> I don't know what I feel. And he's like, well, We'll be home soon, basically. I guess I'll never see you again. And it is so it upsetting. Is. And then what is the line? She's like, I can feel the boy with the bread slipping away from me already. Yes, or something like exactly. that. Exactly. And so she's all like so sad now. Basically, he's like, I guess this is the last time we're gonna act like a couple or like be romantic in any way. Cause like they have to like when they get off the train at their at the um district, they still have to act like they're in love at least for a few months, at least in public, because the Capitol's watching them now. Um, because they think that they're rebels. Um, Dude, I know. I don't think they realized when they got into this. Well, PETA obviously didn't. But Katniss hadn't been thinking, I don't think, until, like, the end of this or even, like, the beginning of number two that, like, this is, like, forever now mm-hmm. because they <laughs> messed up so bad yeah. with the bear. Dude, for real. So they, like, forever have to, like, keep this ploy up to some degree. And so... Yeah, but now it's so awkward. Yeah, now it's so awkward. So they're holding hands, but, like, he doesn't even look at her. And you're just like... And then basically the book ends, and you're like, well, I'm heartbroken. It's so sad. It's so sad. (laughs) I feel like Suzanne Collins is really good at ending books in a way that makes you go, like, I'm heartbroken now. She is. She really is. I mean, the ending of book two was, like, the craziest ending of any book I've ever read. I was like, what are you talking about, Suzanne? Oh, it's exactly. so crazy. Um, so that's The Hunger Games. Yay! Yay! Excellently told. Thank you. What was your favorite part? Um, my favorite parts I wrote down, I mean, I love the whole book. It It's like, I yeah. love it all. But my favorite parts are when Peta says, but she came here with me. Oh, yeah. Katniss. And you're like, ah! Because I love it because it's like, she came here with me. And then it's like, part two. Yeah. And you're like, Whoa! I know. It's so it good. Is. I'm like, Suzanne! It's crazy. And then um, my other favorite part is Katniss and Rue blowing up the supplies. Oh, so because good. I'm like, yes, girls. Yes, Katniss. 
do it, do it. I'm so proud. Like it's so awesome and it's so yeah. badass. And they're so upset. And I'm like, he did yeah. that. I love it when they succeed. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I think my favorite part is I love the initial she came here with me. Uh, about then we're like, oh my god, he's in love with Katniss. Um, I love Cinna. I just love him. Maybe that's mm-hmm. favorite characters thing. He might be my favorite character. I know he's not in it for the whole thing. I mean, I think it's totally valid for Cinna to be. Your I favorite love character. him. I, he's one of the best. He characters. really is. Yeah. Um, honorable mention for Katniss and Haymitch. I really like them uh-huh. both. Um, favorite character is very difficult yeah. because I do love all the characters. Uh-huh. Like not all of them, but like yeah. So they're so interesting. Yeah. All uh, of them least are. favorite character. I'm gonna go the capital. Like, can I? The government is so much this like, like awful character that's got so much animosity. Like it, it is its mm-hmm. own character. So I'm gonna stick with it. The capital. Yeah. And you don't really get to like um, pin all that on a single yeah. person too much until book exactly. two because President Snow is barely in exactly. book one. So it's like. President Snow is obviously my least favorite, but he's, like, hardly Yeah, exactly. So. so until book two, like, there's not – you can't really put a face to it. Um, yeah. yeah. Besides that, though, probably Kato. Kato. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kato sucks. Also, like, she's like, oh, is he actually insane? And you're like, yes, he definitely is. When he just snaps the District 3's kid. Like, the neck. The District 3 kid's yeah. head, yeah. Neck. Oh, my God. <laughs> she – what? Oh, my God. Kato snaps his yeah. neck and he dies. Yeah. Okay. It's it so, is scary. so scary. And then he throws a fit it's... when, like, the she explodes their supplies. And she's like, oh, maybe he's, like, yeah. unstable. And you're like, yeah, I think he might be. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. so. <laughs> I think it's fair to say I that. I think least favorite part. I mean, it was heartbreaking when Rue died. It is so heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah I mean, I was... I agree. Like, just for content, I hate that she mm-hmm. died, but I think that that part so is very important. pivotal. Yeah. And I think it's really well oh, written, yeah. and I think that it's I'm cool. so glad it's Like, because it's very much, like, her catalyst into, like, being kind of a little more revolutionary. Yeah. And then, also, I love right after that, after she puts all the flowers in her hair and stuff, when District 11 sends her <gasps> I know, the, the little loaf of bread from District like, 11. Thank you. Yeah. It is. It I is forgot so that happened sweet. and I started crying. Least favorite part because I wish it was different. The only part of the whole book is mutations. Instead of like mutated dogs or whatever. Like let's not call them mutations. It's not good. For me, my least favorite parts are that and this one line where Katniss says that the soup she's eating is salty and it reminds her of her tears. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's a terrible line that Suzanne. is so I could not stop thinking funny. about it. I didn't remember that. <laughs> Um, do you have favorite quotes? Yes. Okay, I love so many good quotes. I remember, like, this was one of the first things I was, like, truly geeking out about in, like, a fandom way, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, I used to make, like, slideshows of stuff randomly just for fun. Like, I was very, Mm -hmm. like, I had no, like, this was when I, like, used my upstairs computer that had, like, no internet and stuff. I remember making a slide that just had like my favorite oh my God. quotes on. It was very nerdy. I was trying to pick something a little more obscure. Mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, what are some other little moments I liked? And this like little line from chapter four. This is kind of when they're at the Capitol and Katniss's whole thing is like she's not sure what to do because she's like, is PETA actually nice or is he playing a game? And she yeah. pretty much always falls on he's playing a game. She so <laughs> does. 
But uh, she says, a kind Peter Mullark is far more dangerous to me than an unkind one. Kind people have a way of working their way inside me and rooting there. And I can't let Peter do this. Not where we're going. And so I like the, it's pretty good. It so good. Because it seems true. Because Katniss is kind of like a huge badass. Mm-hmm. But she's also like kind of a huge softy She too. is a huge softy. And so yeah. <laughs> like her favorite people ever are like Prim, who is the softest, sweetest little child. Yeah. And Rue, who's a little, little spunkier, but it's pretty much safe. Yeah. And Peta is over here being a very soft, sweet boy. So sweet. And she's kind of like, this is dangerous. I can't let him do this. It's true. She's like, my weakness is like really, really sweet people. I think it's my true. favorite quote is, stupid people are dangerous. <laughs> yeah, that was Because it's good. true, okay? Like, not in all situations, but like, especially in a survival situation, you're just like, okay, how... The stupider you are, the more dangerous this is. Yeah. Because that that was when the girl was lighting the fire, like, a couple of trees away, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> God, that's kind of gone Dude, cool. exactly. That's the thing. It, being stupid in that situation is dangerous for you and for everybody else. Just stupidity has a way of creating danger for everybody around you. I liked yeah, every quote that said anything about the boy with the bread, also. I uh. mean... I don't want to lose the boy with the bread. It's one so cute. of us. One of us. <laughs> it's so cute. I guess I know. What lesson did we learn from the Hunger Games? Oh, what boy. didn't we learn? Uh, learned how to forage. So learned how to kill people. Um. <laughs> <laughs> learned um, how to sur- how to get sponsors in a game to the death that's televised across the country. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say we learned about our feelings, but I don't know that we did. <laughs> Perhaps if the novel had been narrated by PETA, we, we would have learned, learned about, our feelings. about our feelings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I thought was sweet was when Katniss has already had her like thing with Hamish where he's like, I don't know what to do with you. Just answer the questions. Yeah. Um, and then she's talking to Senna and he's like, well, why don't you just be yourself? And she's like, cause myself is like sullen and mean. Yeah. And he's like, I don't think so. He's like, pretend like you're talking to me and it, it works. Work. And he, because Senna knows her, like they barely really know each yeah. other, but like he gets mm-hmm. her and it was sweet. It was almost like a nice little be yourself lesson. Yeah. Nice little be yourself lesson. That is a good, that's a, like a good genuine one. Be yourself. Yeah. Uh, here's another genuine <laughs> one. Everybody has strengths. Even if you think you're only strength in life is frosting cake you never know what that may come in handy you might win the hunger you might win the hunger games (laughs) you might it's true i that's so true bestie because i hate it when people say like pita was useless pita is dead weight i'm like he's not he just has very different strengths very specific strengths also he does yeah (laughs) i think I mean, I know Katniss, you know, she ends up being like the face of the rebellion mm-hmm. and stuff. And I love that for her. But Katniss knows and us as readers know, like they were always better as a team yeah. because PETA has like kind of the more people strengths, the more um, charismatic like energy. Mm-hmm. So a little bit more of a like um, even a little bit more of like a manipulating brain uh-huh. than Katniss does, I yeah. think. But she has all the other things that he doesn't it's have. It's so true. So they really work They really out. do. They definitely, where one of them fails, the other one succeeds. Like, yeah, yeah. pretty much every area. I feel like there's got to be a lesson about totalitarian governments in here. I don't know. Just, <laughs> I, I just. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think 
Suzanne was going. You don't that, think really. so? Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like every dystopian book ever. <laughs> Suzanne didn't want us to think about this at all. No, actually, let's just move on. Actually, <laughs> the capital's like, hooray! <laughs> oh man. Um, hmm. I don't know. If you get thrown into a Hunger Games type situation with that kid that you kind of knew in elementary school, maybe it would behoove you to uh, at least make people think that you've fallen in love. I don't know. Is that... Give him a little kissy. Give him a little kissy. A little kiss on You never lips. know. You never know where things could go. So... You don't. Maybe he's your true love. <laughs> oh, man. I'm thinking about some of the kids that I knew in elementary school. Like, if I just got thrown into the arena with them. Like, Kenny. I think I'd kill Kenny myself. <laughs> would really defend you right like they kind of both lucked out Peter lucked out and well he, I bet he didn't think of it this way he was do you ever think about what Peter must have been thinking at the reaping I was just thinking about this this last time and I was like Peter was probably losing his shit because he gets called and he's like already probably freaking out because he's like oh my god Katniss the girl I've been in love with my whole life is about to go die in the Hunger Games but then he gets called too yeah like he probably was absolutely losing it because now he's like, okay, do I have to kill Katniss? I know. <laughs> or what? Like, yeah. is Katniss going to kill me? Like, all this stuff. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Poor baby. I know. This whole, this is, can we just talk about how deeply traumatic this is? It's it is so not, it's not good. It really it is. It really is. Also, like, not only is it traumatic, obviously, for the people in the Hunger Games, but this is a thing that gets televised to the entire country every year. Yeah. All everybody in Pan Am is probably deeply up. Oh, forgive me no, for but saying, it's absolutely but they true. are. Well, that's what I was like, thinking. Like even little Prim has grown up her whole life seeing brutal murders on TV. I know, and being like, "That could be you." Yep, <laughs> it's so true. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like this is like aside from like the poor kids who compete in the in the Hunger Games every year. This is. Like a traumatic day nationwide. Everybody is traumatized across the nation and it's mandated yeah. trauma every single year. Yeah. It's awful. And it's not even just one day because like the Hunger Games can go on for like weeks. Yeah. Yeah. That is crazy. And one of this brings me back to one of the things I really like about Hamish's character uh-huh. is that at first he's just this is like sort of the effy thing. Like at first you have an opinion of mm-hmm. them, but then it kind of changes. Yeah. At first he seems like he's just kind of like a bumbling stupid like <laughs> drunk who you're kind of hate because he's not helping yeah. them but then Katniss is like oh my god Hamish has to do this for weeks every year and they always die yeah. she's like and he's all alone. now I see why there's he... nobody else yeah. in the district who understands what he went nope. through of course he's a drunk of course he's a drunk <laughs> of course he drinks himself blind how else would he like deal at all seriously yeah, exactly it's crazy um and one of the things I think that I really like about like I said, reading it was so fun. Like even if the subject material isn't always fun because it's obviously terrible, uh-huh. but <laughs> it's so fun to read because Suzanne, I think, does a good job of like kind of um, making you feel the like anxiety and the trauma, like not the trauma fully, but like you can kind of put yourself in Katniss's shoes whenever um, things like that are described, like Reaping Day yeah. or like before she goes up into the games. Like I feel kind of tense. And I think Suzanne does a good job, like, describing those yeah, things. Yeah, she definitely does. Yeah. yeah. This book is just as good now as when I read it the first time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which I, I can't say for a lot of things. There's a lot of things I go back to that I'm like, I love this. And I'm like, I loved this. 
yeah like it really did hold it really up. did hold up <laughs> I'm like over here like okay I'm probably gonna read Catching Fire this weekend yeah it's so funny <laughs> it's almost like a like that aged well you know and like yeah I, I hate to say it but dystopian books in particular are aging very well these days <laughs> like <laughs> I do feel like the Hunger Games was kind of also rare in that a lot of times I mean, and it got this a little bit, but a lot of times I think that books that are like for young readers that become very popular mm-hmm. get shit on a bunch, yeah. like Twilight yeah. or and the, or like Divergent. Everyone started hating Divergent, yeah. but The Hunger Games. I think what helped was that the movies are really good, mm-hmm. and so people kind of still like The Hunger Games. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, because even people who didn't read the books like the movies. Yeah. Do we have anything else that we want to say about The Hunger Games? I love it. I think we should do Catching Fire because okay. I want to talk about it. We can do it, it maybe next season. But it's, yeah. How many pinkies would you give this book? Five. Five. Same. Five. I love it so much. I can't. <laughs> it's so good. It was so fun to read again. It was like the perfect book to read, especially this week. I was all about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Next week, totally. we're going to be doing The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Wow, we really piled in the trauma, didn't we? We really, really did. And in that special, the special episode, uh, we're going to be joined by Carissa Harlow, the my co-host over at the Scriptorian Society, a podcast for writers, because this is one of her all-time favorites, apparently. So, I did not realize that Carissa loved it so yeah, much. Yeah, she does. She loves it. So I'm still waiting for my book to get here. If it doesn't get here, I'm going to buy the audiobook. But I'm excited about this. We're going to do The Hunchback of Notre Dame, so you guys can tune in next week for that. Um, until then, you guys can follow us on social media. We are That Pretentious Book Club. We are on the Instagram. We are on the TikTok. We are on the Facebook. I, If you have ideas for something you'd like to see on TikTok or Instagram or Facebook, please reach out because I don't. <laughs> um, I, I am responsible <laughs> yeah. for them, but I don't have a ton of ideas. Um, so, but we do, we put... I've been getting some TikTok ideas. Really? I'm going to do some TikToks for the Hunger Games. Oh my God. Okay. Excellent. Okay. So Spoons is going to... And I'll post my, I'll post my, um, Halloween costume on the stage. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Excellent. So Spoons has some great social content that's going to go up this week. Um, we do post, we post book memes, which are really fun and audio clips from our episodes, which is fun and other like book related stuff. So follow us on social if you want to keep up with the pod. Um, if you want to check out more of our stuff, like the script train site, or you want to look at our merch, you can visit StorySirenStudio.com. That's our production company. We just released some new merch that is really, really, really cool. So, so go cute. check it out. We also have our, um, tried and true, that pretentious book club merch on there, which is like, just like hella cute. Like there's this cute little tin cup that might be like one of my all time favorites. Um, it's mm-hmm. adorable. So go check it out. If you like this episode or you like the podcast, if you guys wouldn't mind, just, you know, scroll down, give us a five star. I, that'd be great. I mean, you don't have to, but, you know, like, if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> just like if you, if the spirit moves you, you if know. If the spirit moves <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, how about this? If you also hate President Snow, give us five stars. Oh, my stars. God, absolutely. <laughs> if you also hate totalitarian governments, give us five stars. <laughs> if you like Peter or Gail, give us five stars. <laughs> if you like Peter or Gail. <laughs> Until next week, everybody, keep your teacups full. Your pinkies high. And your book club. Pretentious. Goodbye. Goodbye.